0: Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast and become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows featuring guests sharing stories about growing up in a haunted house that was possessed by an evil presence. A nightmarish encounter with a UFO in the dead of night and the financial horror stories from those who won the lottery and lived to regret it. Head on over to coast and sign up for Coast Insider to hear these programs and many more truly thought-provoking shows from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Lloyd Auerbach back back with us, Director of the Office of Paranormal Investigations, President of the Forever Family Foundation. He's been in the field for more than 35 years, focusing on parapsychological education and field investigation. He's a professor at Atlantic University, JFK University. He teaches parapsychology. And also, of course, he has written a couple books called ESP Hauntings and Poltergeists, ESP Wars, East and West, an account of the military use of psychic espionage. Lloyd, welcome back, my friend. Thank you very much, George. Looking forward to this. How have you been?
1: Been pretty good, actually. Been doing all right.
0: Super. Anything new in the world of the paranormal?
1: Well, I mean, there's always stuff going on in the field of parapsychology, Uh and I can recommend that people really want to check into some really cool stuff. The Society for Psychical Research's website, which is in the U.K., they're the oldest organization. They're, they're always a good source for great information, as well as the Rhine Research Center here in the U.S.
0: He used to be associated with Duke University, and I guess he uh, sprung out a long time ago, J.B. Rhine did.
1: Yeah, actually, the lab closed when he retired from Duke in 1965, and then he just moved it off campus and continued on. And then after he died, it was renamed as the Rhine Research Center.
0: Super. Now, what exactly is parapsychology, Lloyd?
1: Well, parapsychology is the study of psychic phenomena, uh, how the human mind, how consciousness connects with the world around us in ways we call psychic, which includes extrasensory perception, mind over matter, and, of course, the idea of consciousness surviving the death of the body, survival of bodily death. So that kind of runs the gamut from uh, ESP all the way up to ghosts and, and... and and
0: now, how does that compare to uh, the paranormal world?
1: Well, you know, the word paranormal has been used since the 1800s by folks in the field of parapsychology. I think it was probably first used um, by psychical researchers. Uh, trying to separate experiences that are considered not normal or on the side of normal instead of above normal, you want to call them supernatural, um, and it related to all sorts of psychic experiences. And it's really been television over the last 20 years or so that has made the paranormal word about ghosts and hauntings specifically.
0: Well, that's so, true, and and yeah. they love the uh, Hollywood loves paranormal shows.
1: Uh, Hollywood seems to, Hollywood and every other part of the world seems to love these shows uh, because there are some diehard fans who watch them and who imitate them. They mimic what they see on TV, which is kind of unfortunate. Thankfully, we don't have people doing that from cops,
0: watching cops. Well, that's true. That's a good point. Now, you know, in the the paranormal world itself, you know, we deal with all kinds of things. But is research funded, uh, you know, like we mentioned Duke University, those days are gone now, aren't they?
1: on for quite some time. There's only a couple of foundations that actually provide money for research in parapsychology and research on psychic phenomena, and not a lot of individual donors, unfortunately. Uh, And this is a big question. I mean, are we more than we think we are? That's Our big question is, what are the limits of human beings? And psychic phenomena, psychic abilities are one big piece of that, and certainly the idea of life after death is a big piece of that. But it's been actually in academia, which has kind of led to the downward trend in funding uh, there's been more and more and more prejudice against the field that's been spurred on by the skeptics' organization since the 1970s. And that's really what has led to a lot of the lack of funding.
0: I lost a friend several days ago who passed on, and at the funeral, Lloyd, everybody's coming up to me saying, do you think there's an afterlife? What do you think's going on? Mm-hmm. What's he doing? And I mean, it was on and on and on. What do you think generally people's beliefs might be about the other side?
1: Well, you know, what the other side is runs a wide range based typically on people's religions, I think. Uh, And that there is something more beyond the death of the body is pretty clear to many of us in the field of parapsychology, looking at the actual evidence. And the evidence comes from people's experiences with apparitions. It comes from... Mediumship and really evidential mediums—mediums who can provide real information about that individual and communication with that individual—and it comes from other types of phenomena that are kind of on the outskirts of direct evidence, which would be things like near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences and even reincarnation experiences. So there's something definitely, definitely more. Uh, You know, I Mm -hmm. hesitate to say what the afterlife is like. In fact, most mediums while they think it's a pleasant place, will often also agree that it probably exists in a way that there are no words. So whatever that afterlife existence is, it's nothing we would, as living human beings, have words for. So they can only, spirits coming through mediums, for example, can only describe it in terms that humans can understand.
0: Why do you think, in some cases, people get visitations from their dearly departed, but not all of them? What happens? Why, why do some come through to those who can see this and witness it, and others don't? That's
1: a really good question, and uh, it's still kind of a mystery. I, you know, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of, of experiences reported every year that are of people at the moment of death, or usually within no more than 24 to 48 hours of the person's death, where that person appears in some way, shape, or form to make themselves known to friends and relatives and loved ones. And then they, they're never seen or heard from again. That's it, unless they come through a medium, perhaps. Uh, those that are we call ghosts, the ones that we investigate, are very, very tiny percentage of, of individuals who die. And all we can do is speculate from those specific ghost cases when mediums and psychics and witnesses talk to the ghost, apparent ghosts, and find out that they don't wanna leave or they have some psychological attachment. And it may just be that when people actually, certain people actually die, that two things are going on. One, they have a real emotional desire to let their friends and relatives know that they're gonna be okay. And two, there are probably some environmental conditions that are out there that we're still trying to pin down that allow for them to come through.
0: What do you think the other side could be like?
1: You know, I I read a lot of science fiction and comic books and such. And it seems, if we were to kind of consider, that it's stranger than we can probably imagine. Um, I think um, there was a book called Traitor to the Living that Philip Jose Farmer wrote years ago, which he talked about people leaving when they died. They they became these entities, electromagnetic entities. And there's an entire electromagnetic universe out there, and they're all energy beings. And they're without a body, and it's very different. He tried to describe this. Uh, I think it's that kind of thing, not specifically that, but that whatever is next seems to be, number one, subject to your personality and what you think it's going to be. If if you've seen the movie What Dreams May Come or read the book by Richard Matheson, mm-hmm. there's an in- indication that we would make our own heaven and hell, and that's certainly a possibility, and we kind of hear that a little bit from the mediums as well. Um, the one thing we do hear from mediums the world over, which is interesting, is that people have this kind of life review, almost like the movie Defending Your Life, and they ha- get faced with the things they did right and the things they did wrong. So the very bad people, or people who've done bad things, have to come to terms with the things they did bad. And that is, for some people, maybe a kind of hell.
0: I right. Guess. Well, I was going to say, is that where religion created the word hell to try to scare people to be good?
1: Well, the word hell probably comes from the Norse, um, Remember, there was a, a, a Norse goddess of, of the underworld, Hela, and her territory was hell, and there was Hades, of course. In many um, cultures around the world, there is a form of an afterlife that is positive and a, one that's negative. Uh, the Greeks had the Elysian fields, and they had Tartarus, and they had just the general underworld, but it was all all the underworld. I mean, the Elysian fields were even on underworld. They weren't above in heavens or something. So there, There is a need for human beings to explain the unexplained. We always come up with stories to explain these things. And religion has or can, and certainly in some cases certainly has, taken beliefs that people have, extended them in ways that allow the religious organizations potentially to exert some control, um, both political and other kinds of and, uh, economic control on people. I mean, it, it's kind of interesting that if you have a chance a a next chance a next life that some people seem to believe that perhaps you shouldn't have to behave like a good person because you'll always have another chance to do it all over again Uh, so by creating this idea that if you do wrong in this world you're gonna some hellish or location or hellish world that perhaps you'll behave better although we know that that's actually not true it doesn't work
0: Well, that's absolutely true. Now, how about the devil? I mean, uh, is the devil a religious concoction, or is it the real deal?
1: The the devil seems to be, as as we know, Satan and Lucifer and the whole bit is definitely a religious concept. Um, There are some really good books out there on the history of hell and the history of the devil, and how what the devil looks like actually came from uh, the early church taking some pagan traditions and beliefs and gods for example and turning them into that character to turn those people away from what they believed at that time and there's been a lot of play and and even before that as conquests happened as one culture absorbed another there was a mingling of belief systems and so what was a monster for one became something positive for others and vice versa Uh, there doesn't seem to be that personification other than in specific religions or mythologies out there. Uh, And and certainly, I grew up, I was brought up in Reformed Judaism, and we didn't have a devil or hell.
0: Huh. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.